0: Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? Hey, ready to go, Dano. All right, folks, uh, more info has come in. I'm about to blow your minds again. No. <laughs> again, again, again. The big question in all of this do all these episodes that we still haven't answered? How the heck? Did the investigation into the Trump team start? Aha! Uh-huh. Now, Joe. Yeah. If if someone breaks into your house, God forbid, I'm looking at the background there. <laughs> how does the police investigation start? You dial nine one one, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, I would. That's G- pretty, what I do, right? right? That's yeah. how it starts. Or well, else, how would they know? The answer is they wouldn't. Right? Right? Yeah. A counterintelligence investigation. And to be clear, counterintelligence means we're looking for spies within the United States. Yeah. That's what counterintelligence is. We have our own intelligence and we have counterintelligence, right? Mm Mm-hmm. You would think somebody would have found the spy or something like that, but who found the spy? Who was the spy? What were they doing and how did it start? And why was this case in the counterintelligence division against Trump in the first place? Remember, Jim Comey's already acknowledged the existence of this counterintelligence investigation. Who's the spy? Who are they looking for? And why is this not a criminal case against Mm. Trump? Mm. What happened? I'm going to get to that in a second. All right. Because this show is going to blow your mind. All right. Today's show is brought to you by our buddies at Filter By. You know, we love these guys. Folks, you got to change your air filter, your system. You're, you're, you have an expensive HVAC system, and you have these filters that are really not that expensive. You got to change them. You're going to, a uh, guy said to me when I blew out my own HVAC system because I had dirty filters, he said, it's like, uh, you know, sucking wind for a lifeline through a straw. Eventually, your lungs are going to give out. All right. Got to feed clean air into that system. The holidays are over, but the winter's just begun. You're going to be inside a lot, and according to studies, air indoors contains up to 100 times more pollution than the air outside. This can cause illness, allergies, and unnecessary wear and tear on your expensive HVAC system, leading to costly repairs, or even worse, the premature replacement of the entire system like me, which cost me a fortune. Resolve to breathe better, Joe, with FilterBuy. America's leading provider of HVAC filters for homes and small businesses. You got a factory, you got a hundred air filters. This is your guy. These is your uh, this is your team out there. You got a house with three air filters. This is your uh, this is your company. Filter by. They carry over 600 different filter sizes, including custom options, all shipped free within 24 hours, plus they're manufactured right here in America. Good job, guys. Mm -hmm. FilterBuy offers a multitude of MERV options all the way up to hospital grade. That's some pretty clean air. So you'll be removing dangerous pollen, mold, dust, and other allergy-aggravating pollution while maximizing the efficiency of your system. Right now, you can save 5%. You set up auto delivery. You'll never have to think about air filters again. Save money. Save time. Breathe better with FilterBuy.com. That's FilterBuy.com. Filterby.com. Love these guys. Thanks for supporting our sponsors. Okay. So I have some notes here. Again, because I got some more stuff yesterday. All right. Again, the biggest question, who started this? Now, to sum it up quickly, I told you during yesterday's show, Joe, that Glenn Simpson of Fusion GPS, which is the company that was working with the Hillary Clinton campaign and the DNC and the Russians to gather fake intelligence on Trump. That he went up to Glenn Simpson of Fusion GPS, went up to Capitol Hill. His transcript was leaked yesterday, if you listened to yesterday's show. And he's saying now, this is according to a CNN report yesterday, the day before, excuse me, that the dossier author, no, yesterday's right, that the dossier author feared Trump was being blackmailed. So in other words... Steele, Christopher Steele, yeah, who is the MI6 former MI6 agent who's working for Fusion GPS and the Russians to gather this fake intel on Trump. I told you yesterday at the blackmail story and the bribery story, that Trump could be bribed because he had all this bad information. Yeah. Now, I told you that that's junk, that right. they got that from Sally Yates, who tried the same thing with Mike Flynn. Listen to yesterday's show. It's a nonsense story. I can't accuse Joe of a fake crime and then tell Joe I'm going to bribe him with evidence of the crime <laughs> if he doesn't give me money if Joe didn't commit the crime. Right. Right? Makes yeah, sense. Okay. All yeah. right. So I, what I'm trying to point out here too, because mm-hmm. folks, I know this is complicated, but this is why I'm being very deliberate. I'm not, one lady emailed me. She thought I was talking to the audience like they are idiots. I, and then she sent me an email the next day saying, no, no, she, she apologized. She was, now I get it. I'm doing this slow. So it all makes sense. So when we're done covering this, you will have everything. The reason I'm covering this this way, I'm giving you the differing stories Trying to answer the question how this started. I'm going to give you three different versions of how it started by CNN, the New York Times, and then Christopher Steele. I'm, excuse me, Glenn Simpson of Fusion GPS. That's where we are now. Right. Fusion GPS said they were afraid of, of Trump being bribed. Mm-hmm. Therefore, Joseph, out of fear of Trump being bribed, they approached the FBI about this, about this information that was fake and unverified, which seems strange, right? Yeah, you see my face. Here's- yeah, I know. I can see it now. He, now, here's a quote from uh, from Simpson. Yeah, This is important, folks. Pay attention. In the CNN piece, which will be in the show notes at Bongino.com, subscribe to my email list. I'll email them right to you. This is a good piece, even though it's CNN. Read it. Simpson was clear that he was, uh, this is the quote, he was acting on his own volition when he went to the FBI. Have that in caps on his own volition. Why is that important? Again, if you listen to yesterday's show, if Joe's house is broken into and the police were there five minutes before, but have never come to Joe's house before, wouldn't Joe say to himself, why the heck were the police at my house five minutes before my house was broken into and did nothing? Yeah, sure would. In other words, the sequence of events is important. Joe's broken into, cops show up. Not, folks, pay attention here. Not cops show up, Joe's house is broken into. <laughs> Remember, the two things happen. Yeah. It's the order that matters here. Why does the order matter? We know Fusion GPS and the FBI communicated. Why does it matter if the FBI reached out first to Fusion GPS or Fusion GPS reached out first to the FBI? It matters because it's everything in this case. Mm-hmm. Because if Fusion GPS reached out to the FBI, as Simpson's saying here, out of some benevolent philanthropic reason because they thought Trump could be bribed, the story's still bad, but it has far less impact than if the FBI somehow, through a conduit, initiated contact with a known political operative being paid by the Democrat Party and working in conjunction with the Obama administration. You f- tracking, Joe? Yeah, big time, man. Yeah. The order matters here. Yeah. The cops don't show up before the break-in. If they do, you have a whole lot of questions why. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. All right. That's story one, the genesis of this whole thing. Story one, according to Steele, we approached the FBI. We, afraid, we were afraid Trump was going to be bribed. Nonsense. Garbage. Right. Story number two, December 30th, 2017, New York Slimes. New York Slimes reports, during a night of heavy drinking at an upscale London bar of May of 2016. Important date, by the way, May of 2016, by the way, Mm -hmm. is when the wife of a justice official by the name of Nellie Orr is brought on board by Fusion GPS. Nellie Orr is a Russia expert involved with the dossier. Getting back to our other timeline. So during a night of heavy drinking in May of 2016, George Papadopoulos is, according to the New York Times, a young foreign policy advisor. The Trump campaign made a startling revelation to Australia's top diplomat in Britain. Russia had political dirt on Hillary Clinton, which, by the way, the whole entire universe knew. Mm -hmm. About three weeks earlier, Mr. Papadopoulos had been told that Moscow had thousands of emails that would embarrass Mrs. Clinton, apparently stolen in an effort to damage her campaign. Keep in mind the umbrella arc here. This is the second explanation as to how the investigation started. Follow the order. Here's the third paragraph. This is where you need to pay attention here. Exactly how much Mr. Papadopoulos said that night at the Kensington wine rooms with the Australian Alexander Downer is unclear. But two months later, when leaked Democratic emails began appearing online... Australian officials passed the information about Mr. Papadopoulos to their American counterparts, according to four current and four American foreign officials with direct knowledge of the roles. Story number two. Okay, just to backtrack, story number one, Simpson. I approached the FBI afraid Trump was going to be bribed. Did it on my own volition. Nobody told me to do it. Story number two, New York Times, December 30, 2017. The Australians approached the FBI... Because Alexander Downer spoke to Papadopoulos in a bar who said the Russians had emails. Alexander Downer, by the way, an Australian government official in their Ministry of Foreign Affairs involved in the sale of Australian uranium to the Russians, which was covered in the show three days ago, who magically, Joe, shows up in a bar in London with Papadopoulos. Crazy. Mm. Crazy. Amazing. Crazy talk. It's okay. In one, Simpson approaches the FBI. Story two, the Australians approach uh approach uh, American counterparts and in the intelligence community. say the FBI directly because they say American counterparts want to be precise on this. Story number three. These links will all be in the show notes. So if you're a liberal, wackadoodle nutbag listening to me and saying, it's theory. <laughs> read the articles yourself. They're not mine. They're <laughs> written by CNN and the New York Times, you clowns. Because Joe, I see you let you know where they're going to go. I'm just citing their own work, folks. Yeah. I'm just. I'm, I was an investigator. I'm just interested in the facts. Okay. Story number three, April 18th, 2017. The genesis of the investigation. Headline: CNN. The dossier has also been cited by FBI. Oh no, this is a this is the uh, the dossier story. The dossier started this. Here's a quote from the CNN piece, April 18th, 2017. The dossier has also been cited by FBI Director Comey in some of his briefings to members of Congress in recent weeks as one of the sources of information the FBI the FBI has used to bolster its investigation. Bolster what? Mm-hmm. So CNN has a source saying, oh, no, no, now the dossier did it, but already acknowledges an investigation is already ongoing. Folks, the biggest question in all of this, who started this, what's the order, because the order matters, and why does the story keep changing? Let me read to you from the CNN piece. This is very important. A source close to, this is from a CNN piece, uh, by the way, yesterday, talking about what Simpson said in his testimony. So now we're off to three different stories, okay? We have Simpson saying he went to the FBI. We have the New York Times saying Papadopoulos did it. We have CNN saying, ah, it was an investigation, but the dossier did it. That was the CNN story. This is a CNN piece from yesterday, Joe, covering Simpson's testimony. Okay. Uh, Simpson said that they had other intelligence that indicated the same thing and that one of those pieces of intelligence, the same thing being the collusion, one of those pieces of intelligence was a human source from inside the Trump organization. The media went nuts. There was a Trump guy who started this. There's a source, a rat. Hmm. But CNN goes on, a source close to Fusion GPS clarified that Simpson's mention of an internal Trump campaign source actually refers to the Australian ambassador who contacted the FBI to pass on information that he received from then-Trump campaign foreign policy advisor George Papadopoulos. How the hell did Glenn Simpson know that? If the Australian ambassador, Hmm. Joe, the guy involved in the uranium sale deal to Russia, is the one who reached out to the American counterparts, how would Glenn Simpson know that? Glenn Simpson's a civilian political operative Working for the Clinton campaign. How would he know that? Here's where I'm going to make the connection for you. The question of who started this is answered when you figure out the answer to the question I just put out there. When you make the connection between how Glenn Simpson was getting information from inside the most secretive counterintelligence consequential investigation in American history, how a civilian, Joe, with no more law enforcement authority than you or I, was getting information on what was said, CNN acknowledges it right here, Mm -hmm. to our intelligence community by the Australian ambassador, when that question's answered, how this case started makes all the sense in the world. We'll get to that right now. This is, this is going to be part two of this. Uh, but today's show also brought to you by buddies at Brickhouse Nutrition. Hey, I need my mental focus before the show uh, because these are really deep, important. It's the most important work Joe and I have ever done. I mean that. It is a work of Joe's actually looks forward to the shows every day. Yeah. Uh, you know, this isn't work for us anymore. We feel like we're really doing work on this. I'm putting this ebook together, we're knocking it out. It's going to lay this thing out and blow your mind. But I do need my head together. So, I take my super drink there. What's my super drink? I, I throw Fielder Greens in green tea. I love it. What's Fielder Greens? It's basically food, folks. It's food. It's a product by Brickhouse Nutrition, one of our original sponsors. And I went to them a while ago. I'm not taking all the credit for this, but I love the product so much. I feel like I had some role in it and proud of it. I said to Miles of Brickhouse Nutrition, I go, listen, I'm a big believer in the amazing power of fruits and vegetables. Joe, there are chemicals and micronutrients in fruits and vegetables we haven't even yet discovered. Nobody knows why people who drink red wine and eat grapes live forever. There's theories on it, resveratrol, but it doesn't matter. All I know is you eat it, you live a long time. I said to these guys, I am absolutely a believer in this, but I don't like these crappy superfood products out there now. I said, can you guys do a top tier clean, efficient, ground-up fruit and vegetable product that's the best in the business. In other words, take fruits and vegetables, Joe, grind them up, get rid of the water. The water is most of what that is. And give us the hard nutrients, the stuff that's going to make our lives better. Mm-hmm. They did it. They created a product called Field of Greens. It's amazing. It's the best product they I, I think they have. They have great products in Dawn to Dusk. I love Foundation. But this product is integral to a good, solid overall health plan. Not everybody's going to eat 10, 12 servings of fruits and vegetables a day. It's not possible. You know what you can do with this? You take up the great it's food. It's actual ground up food in a powder. You throw it in your green tea, you throw it in water, you throw it in juice, you're golden. Go give it a shot brickhousenutrition.com/dan. That's brickhousenutrition.com/dan. Buy a bottle of Field of Greens today. It tastes terrific. I love it. I put it in juice, I put it in water. I would put it in I would put it in beer if I had it. stuff is so good. <laughs> give it a shot brickhousenutrition.com/dan. Now let's get back to answering the question because let's be clear again. Again, I'm not, please folks, I'm not trying to insult you. And I I know I keep saying, pay attention. That's kind of rude, but I'm I'm not trying to say it to be rude. I'm trying to say it to highlight things I think you're going to need to remember later. And I'm walking through this slowly, not to talk down to you. You're all bright people, but because this is a very, very complicated and consequential case. And if we do it slowly over a course of shows, it'll make sense. If we rush through it, you're going to be confused. This is a waste of everybody's time. Right. Yeah. So again, we opened up the show saying the order of this matters, the order of it matters because it determines who started the fire, to quote Billy Joel, right? Mm-hmm. We didn't start the fire. Who started the fire? Joe can't have the cops show at his house show up at his house before the burglary because now you want to know why the cops were there. Did they know something? How would the FBI start an investigation where there was no predicate crime? How? How, so how would you start the most consequential counterintelligence investigation in American history if there's no allegations of a crime, spying, or anything else? How? The question is answered when you find out how Glenn Simpson is, from, and Fusion GPS is getting all this information they're acknowledging about an ongoing counterintelligence operation. Okay. Dates here are important. Christopher Steele, The operative, the MI6 operative, who's working for Fusion GPS, talks to the FBI in July of 2016. Two months after May of 2016. Now, what does the New York Times story say about, hold on, let me go back to this. This is important, folks. The alleged, the New York Times story, remember we're talking about how the story keeps changing. Story number two is Mm -hmm. Papadopoulos started it by talking to this Australian diplomat who spoke to the the American intelligence counterparts. Now, how Fusion GPS would know any of this, Joe, again, is a mystery because they're civilians, including Christopher Steele, who is not an active MI6 agent anymore. Why is Christopher Steele talking to the FBI in July of 2016 important? Let's go back to the New York Times piece. During a night of heavy drinking in May of 2016. I'm not going to read the whole thing. This is when the Papadopoulos-Australian diplomat meeting happens, Joe. Papadopoulos allegedly tells this Australian diplomat that the Russians have dirt on Hillary. The investigation doesn't start. Then, it clearly says here... That a couple months later, the Democrat emails begin to leak. Go back to the old show. That's Act One, the Democrat emails. The Democrat emails that were stolen begin to leak online. And according to this piece right here, Joe, Mm -hmm. two months later, when they leak online, Australian officials pass the information to Papadopoulos and their American counterparts. Unbelievable. How Steele then meets two months later, July, May, June, July, 2016, with the FBI. Hmm. Does Steele know something? How does Steele know about the Australian ambassadors at conversations with Papadopoulos? He's not there. How does he know this, Joe? He's not an American or British intelligence official anymore. Hmm. How does he know this? Does he know it? How is it that the investigation starts two months later in July when they apply to a FISA warrant, Steele goes to the FBI, and it's all coincidental that it starts right around the time the New York Times is saying Papadopoulos did it? Did Papadopoulos do it or did Steele do it? If Steele did it, the Papadopoulos story's wrong. If Papadopoulos did it, the Steele story's wrong. And if Steele knew about Papadopoulos, how did he know? You tracking me, brother? Yeah, I'm tracking you, but this is a tangled web, dude. This is a show. Mm. That's what it is. Yeah, uh, I intentionally bleep myself there. Man. Okay. Now, he's also citing in the CNN piece from yesterday, as I just said, Simpson is citing an internal Trump campaign source. Is it Downer? Is it the FBI? I mean, how does he have this information about Papadopoulos? We brought that up before, but it's worth reiterating in this light. How does Simpson in his testimony to Congress know? I mean, he may have known retroactively from meeting media reports, but why is he citing an internal source on the Trump campaign to bolster his dossier? How would he have known that for the dossier if he didn't know about Papadopoulos? But I just told you, how would Papadopoulos' words to the Australian ambassador have gotten back to Steele or Simpson? They're not government officials. Who's giving them the information? Here we go. Now, I'm venturing into slight speculation here, but I'm going to leave you a series of facts and ask you to put two and two together. The question you should be asking now, If the investigation started in July of 2016, right? And the most important question in this entire scenario is who started the fire? Steele's acknowledging he meets with the FBI in July of 2016. The New York Times is saying Papadopoulos started it and it started in 2016 because of the Australian ambassador notifying us. How does everybody know this at the same time? Who's hired by Fusion GPS? In the summer of 2016, as a Russia expert, if you were paying attention to the show earlier, earlier, you'll discover that a woman by the name of Nellie Orr is brought on to work in the summer of 16 when the investigation starts. She's Mm -hmm. a civilian with contacts in the intelligence community and a very striking contact to a person in her family, which I'll get to in a second. Nellie Orr is brought on by Fusion GPS to work on the dossier. Summer of 2016. Nellie Orr's husband is a guy by the name of Bruce Orr. Bruce Orr at the time was the associate deputy attorney general. or One of the associate deputy attorney generals of the United States. He is an upper level management official in the Obama administration Department of Justice. Bruce Orr, we find out now. Had meetings with Fusion GPS where his wife was paid a handsome sum to develop the dossier. These are all, this is all on the record now. Bruce Orr met with Fusion GPS, and just like Jim Comey, who failed to notify the FBI about the largest, most consequential counterintelligence investigation in human history, Comey failed to notify Congress about it until late months later. It's convenient, Joe, that Bruce Orr meets with Fusion GPS right around this summer where the investigation starts, meets with Steele. Bruce Orr doesn't disclose the meetings to anybody. Bruce Orr keeps this quiet. Bruce Orr is subsequently demoted from his position as associate deputy attorney general. Why is this convenient now? Remember, we're looking for the missing link. How is a political operative, Infusion GPS, Simpson and Steele, they are paid by, poli- that's not in dispute. They're paid by the Clintons, show. Right. How are political operatives getting sensitive government information if they're not government insiders? Well, there is a government insider on the upper level management floor of the Department of Justice, and that's Bruce Orr. Bruce Orr does not disclose any of his contacts with Fusion GPS or Steele. He is subsequently demoted and punished for not disclosing those contacts. It's awfully convenient, Joe, that when this breaks yesterday, that Steele, uh, excuse me, that Simpson in his testimony releases the fact that he has information that, uh, my, in my opinion, clearly came from the government that he had no access to, yeah. that Demor, oh, Bruce Orr is demoted again yesterday. Now, here's where the story is going to scramble your eggs. This one, this little lead I had thrown my way, I was like, no, nah, nah. because, Joe, we've had so many bombshells in this thing. I'm yeah. like, we're done with the bombshells. No, we're not. This is another one. Or is demoted again yesterday, which says to me, or may have something to do with this information superhighway between political operatives in the United States government. He's demoted again from being the head of OCDEF. What's OCDEF? Organized Crime Drug Enforcement Task Force. He's the DOJ head of this. This is insane, Joe. I got to go through my notes here just to make sure I'm getting... Oh. Or Bruce Orr, remember, he's married to Nelly. Mm-hmm. Nelly works for Fusion GPS. Fusion right. GPS has information here they shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. Or they're lying about their dossier. Either Both of these things can't be true. Or is one of the lead DOJ officials involved with Project Cassandra? Now, you may be saying, I don't get the connection. Okay, you will in a second. If you listen to yesterday's show, mm-hmm. I said to you, the, the, I explained the why. Today, we're talking about how it started, not why it started. The yesterday and the day before were the why. The why was the Obama administration needed Russia because they needed the Iran deal to rebalance power in the Middle East away from the Saudis, the Sunni regimes, back to Iran. The most corrupt deal in American history. But Obama wanted it. Obama wanted it for a multitude of reasons, most of which were not pro-American. Obama wanted this Iran deal and needed the Russians. What does this have to do with Bruce Orr? And Project Cassandra. What was Project Cassandra? Well, if you read the damning Politico expose, we covered it on the show about Project Cassandra. Project Cassandra was a DEA, State Department uh, investigation. State Department does have investigators in that sense. I mean, they have DSS agents, but the DEA was leading investigation into Hezbollah running guns and money internationally, and specifically across the U.S. border in many cases. Hezbollah are a bunch of Iranian-sponsored terrorists. That's what they are. The DEA caught them running drugs and money to fund, because Hezbollah terrorists need money too, Joe. Yeah. They're sick businessmen, but they need money. The DEA caught these guys. They had them red-handed, locked stock in two smoking barrels. The Obama administration, in order to get an Iran deal through, Well, they needed the Russians for this, too, because the Russians are in bed with the Iranians through Syria and a whole bunch of other illicit relationships they have there. Some open, some not. If Project Cassandra is exposed and major Hezbollah figures start going down in an international investigation and we find out the money can be traced back to Iran, which everybody knows Hezbollah is an Iranian proxy. This is not mysterious to anyone. If you've read a Foreign Policy 101. So Hezbollah is in bed with the Iranians. If Project Cassandra is exposed and these arrests go through, the Iranian deal done. Or, conveniently, is one of the DOJ overseers of Pro- Project Cassandra that Politico alleges in their... By the way, I'm, I'm, I, I, me saying this about Politico, like, I, 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 don't, I can't <laughs> even... This will never be said again. In an outstanding piece of reporting, a seven thousand plus, I think, word expose on Project Cassandra, Politico, mm-hmm. and on on record, not anonymous, Joe, on the record, sources are saying the Obama administration uh, administration squashed Cassandra squashed the entire deal because they needed the iran deal to go through awfully convenient that bruce Orr, who's read in on cassandra and how damaging it is to the iran deal how damaging it is to why the obama administration would placate the russians on uranium one because they needed them for the iran deal awfully convenient that bruce Orr is also the guy whose wife is brought on to fusion gps who also seems to put together a dossier, who also seems to know about all of these random players approaching the Trump team to dirty them up. Crazy how that happens. Mm -hmm. Even more interesting, Mm -hmm. and I'll link to another conservative treehouse piece from a while ago on this. In May of 2016, what does Nellie Orr apply for that all of a sudden antennas going up everywhere? She applies for a ham radio license. Say what? Joan, you're from, yeah, I know you know what that is because you're in this year. This is a form of communication that would not be monitored by the NSA. Now, awfully convenient that Mike Rogers, November 17th, director of the NSA, Admiral Rogers, after the election goes up and warns Trump based on, my powers of deduction that he's being spied on the NSA and Nellie Orr figures out that the one way, the NSA who may have some good guys in there. We don't exactly know, but she knows the NSA knows what's up here. She applies for a ham radio license, likely to communicate with her husband, Bruce Orr to transmit information from political operatives into the department of justice to be used against Trump. Go to hell. You're damn right, brother. Jeez Lord. damn right is this the craziest story you've ever heard <laughs> seriously is it the craziest story you have ever heard yeah. in your life yeah truth is stranger than fiction this this is this is crazy if this was a' what's that guy lacar if you wrote this in a novel and sent it out to a, I'm telling you they'd say dude that's the dumbest story I've ever heard <laughs> no one's going to believe that i'm'm I'm, I'm, I'm issuing an open challenge to our audience because I know we have liberal listeners and you're always welcome here you're wrong but you're welcome here anytime Challenge anything I'm telling you. (laughs) Challenge anything. I'm just, I I am intentionally, Joe, understand this, despite my hesitation to cite the Times, CNN, on anything. I am intentionally using Politico, CNN, the New York Times, intentionally to get you to say one of two things. Mm Mm-hmm. Either they're telling the truth, and this is the biggest scandal in American history, and they're trying to cover up the order here, that the FBI, in in conjunction with DOJ, initiated an investigation into Trump with no evidence to take him down, or your media sources are crap. You can't have it both ways. I did not cite one other person. Now, conservative treehouse for timelines and links, but the stories I just gave to you are all left-leaning outlets. Now, I want to get make two more points on this. So to sum up where we've been, how did this damn thing start? The order matters. I'm telling you the order matters because I know this thing started with the Obama administration, not an allegation of a crime. The Obama administration needed to take these people down. They started it. They got compliant players in the DOJ like Orr on board. They got them to hire people as political operatives in the Clinton campaign, his wife, and they exchanged information in a manner that should have never, ever happened. There should have been a brick wall up between political operatives and and law enforcement. They weren't. Our entire operation, folks, was hijacked. And I have, look, in capital letters right here. What's the Mm. the thing here? What's the takeaway? The Obama administration deputized political operatives. They deputized them to go after the Trump team. Challenge. They eat out with those freaking apples. Challenge anything I'm telling you. Two more points here. I find it awfully suspicious that the head of the DOJ National Security Division, by the way, the one division of the DOJ here that was not subjected to internal affairs review by the IG. I say internal, that's not the name of it, but I say because it it's a term people are familiar with. They're called inspector generals in the federal government. Mm-hmm. Police departments call them internal affairs units. The one division of the DOJ That can operate in the dark here, Joe. Because of all people, Sally Yates in 2015 writes a memo saying, no, no, no. You're not going to watch us in National Security Division. The memo's out there for you to see, folks. Just Google it. DOJ NSD. Awfully convenient that the head of DOJ NSD, which Sally Yates said, no dice, you're not watching us. Right after Trump's elected resigns his position. And who is it? John Carlin. And who was John Carlin before he was there? He was the chief of staff to Bob Mueller on the special counsel investigation. Explain that one away for me. Yeah. Yeah, you're damn right. Joe, it, you're going to fall off your chair. He's laid back so far, he's going to fall into that laundry thing back damn. there. One more point on this. You think maybe, by the way, they brought in Mueller for a reason to make this all go away now? <laughs> You think? Now, does it make sense? Yeah. One more point. And a uh, hat tip, Conservative Treehouse on this. I'll put their link. Folks, please, please, please. I know I, I'm, I'm imploring you, begging you. Please go to my website, Bongino.com. Read the show notes today. Just read them. If you subscribe to the email list, I'll send them to you. You don't like emails? Fine. Go to the website. Google the stuff. Please read it. Please. I mean it. This is important. Finally, hat tip, Conservative Treehouse. Hillary Rodham Clinton, Joe. Mm-hmm. You want your eggs scrambled again? Hmm. Tweets out on October 31st. <laughs> this is amazing. October, right before the election. Remember the superhighway here? Mm-hmm. Political operatives paid by the Clintons. Interacting freely with law enforcement and intelligence. Although there should have been an absolute brick wall between the exchange of classified info between government cleared people and paid political operatives. Keep that super highway in mind when I read this tweet right before the election, October 31st, Hillary tweets out, computer scientists have uncovered a covert uh, a link, uh, uh, no, a covert a computer, excuse me, let me read that again. Computer, si- my writing's so bad. Computer scientists have uncovered a covert server linking Trump organization to a Russian-based bank. What happened in October, Joe, right before uh, right before this? The FISA warrant was issued in October for a Russian bank that had a connection to Trump Tower. By the way, which had nothing to do with any kind of illegal activity. It's already been debunked. How the hell would Hillary Clinton know that? Can I throw a suggestion out to you? Peter Stroke, the FBI in, uh, counterintelligence agent who is in, in interviewing all these people, Stroke... I I I'm, I I'm Listen, folks, I'm not sure of how exactly this gets to Hillary, but I'm telling you the superhighway here is connected through Nellie and Bruce Orr by stuff I've already told you. But here's what I'm basing a lot of this on. Peter Stroke, an FBI agent intimately involved in both the Clinton email investigation and the Trump investigation, his leaked text show he is an, a rabid anti-Trumper, hates Trump. He's the one who talked about the insurance policy in case Trump is elected. We still don't know what he meant. Stroke is now in some recently released text talking with his love interest. Lisa Page, a lawyer from the DOJ who's suspected as being the one who applies for the FISA warrant for the DOJ, by the way. Stroke admits in text now that they've been leaking information to the press and in those texts. He talks about reading these articles and pretending, feigning to the rest of the team that he doesn't know anything about them and he just found them randomly. Is stroke leaking? Is ore leaking? Someone is leaking information, classified info to Hillary's campaign about a FISA warrant that nobody outside of that FISA team and the investigators should have known. And Hillary outed herself without even knowing. But she cites in her thing a slate piece. This is important. She cites a slate piece. So her out's going to be well, it was written in Slate, which is a left leaning rag, right? Mm-hmm. How the hell did Slate get it? All right. Stroke? Or? Simpson? Who knows? All I'm telling you is the question here we started with the information superhighway. Who started it? The Obama administration. They brought in people they know they could trust. Bruce Orr, involved with Cassandra. Who was deeply involved as well in uh, in the. Uh, uh, it, it. In the, Iran, in the Iran operation because of Cassandra, because it would have been exposed if the Cassandra operation is exposed. Obama knows Orr's knee-deep in this. They hire Orr's wife over at Fusion GPS. They dirty up the Trump team. They bring in players with the connection to all of this, with Mueller, with Uranium One, with Mueller's chief of staff, who was at DOJ. They bring in people who are so dirty that they're only, only, in this, the reason they initiate this whole thing is to dirty up the Trump team, too, so they can sweep this all under the rug in the event Trump wins. Folks, you know, this is probably going to be the last episode I do this. I mean, we'll have some updates unless I get some more calls tomorrow or emails or signal stuff. But, you know, I'm telling you, this is as a former federal agent, I, I don't want to keep saying that because I know it's annoying But the one thing that really scared the hell out of me when I was in the government is how much power you have to ruin the lives of people by process alone. You're paid as a federal agent to ruin the lives of bad guys who do bad things. What you are not paid to do is use the process and the power of the process, the power of the investigation, the power of legal subpoena, the power to spy, the power to listen, the power to look, the power to surveil. You're not supposed to use that power as a process method alone to bog people down in a life of misery, fighting back against the, against the monopolistic powers of government. They can't possibly meet the assets. This is asymmetric warfare at its worst. It should say something to you that if I were to investigate Joe Ormacos for a crime he didn't commit and he's absolved of it five years later, I've ruined Joe's life for five years, he would have rather went to prison for a week for something he didn't do than spend five years of his life going bankrupt like Mike Flynn did, defending charges for a crime that no one's ever successfully charged in American history. Process is punishment. Process is punishment. And I'm telling you that this was a sting on the Trump team to bog them down And now it's the process that is turning around and boomeranging on the left. This is dangerous stuff, folks. And if people don't wind up in handcuffs or are not forced to account for their misdeeds, I don't see any way, shape, or form we can trust, place our trust as a constitutional republic in the players involved in this ever again. This is devastating. One final note. I do have a good contact. Really good contact. There are a lot of good guys in this too. There are a lot of people in the FBI and DOJ who knew what happened or had some piece of the puzzle. I don't want you to think it's all bad. I'm just saying to you that if we don't get the players involved in this and make people legally and by the right process pay, it will be open season on anyone in the future who speaks out. You will, We will all be targets. All right. Here's a quick afterthought to the show, folks. I'm sorry, but we forgot to include it in the show, and it's important. I had mentioned a podcast Joe and I had recorded about Sally Yates and the Logan Act that is really critical to understanding the timeline and the case we've laid out for the Trump sting operation over the past five days. That show was recorded on December 6th of 2017 and is still in the library. Please check it out for a more thorough understanding of the story Joe and I just laid out for you. Thanks again for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Let's close the book on this one. I'll see you tomorrow. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. Get more of Dan online anytime at conservativereview.com. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.